we're in the greatest war there has ever been. Souls of men, women, and children are dependent on our praying through for them. So should we not have that same spirit, but for eternal reasons? That we are going to give ourselves sacrifice, count the cost, whatever it takes. You know, it's only in this lifetime, this short lifetime, that we can join with Jesus in sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings. Why is it that the disciples never asked Jesus to teach them to preach, or to heal the sick, or to cast out demons? Why did they only ask him to teach them how to pray? And why was the early church known primarily for being devoted to prayer? These are clues pointing to the fact that a strong prayer life is absolutely central in the Christian life. Today we want to talk about the need to develop a life of prayer and also give you some thoughts about how to pray. The encouragement is this, when we pray God's mercies for others, he promises to give us the mercies we need. Stay with us. If you carefully read the Gospels and the book of Acts, you see really clearly that prayer was a huge part of the life of Jesus and the early church. Jesus sometimes spent all night in prayer. The apostles, before the day of Pentecost, they spent 10 days praying in the upper room and seeking God and waiting for his promised Holy Spirit, and then they were filled with God's presence and power. When Peter was in prison, the believers prayed and the prison doors opened. The believers in Antioch prayed and fasted, and then Paul and Barnabas were set apart for missions work. There's no mistaking it. God moves in response to prayer. And if we want to do God's will of mercy, we must learn to become strong in prayer. I asked Jesse Meldrum to join me to talk about prayer. She and her husband, Glenn, founded In His Presence Ministries, and they've traveled all over the country ministering in churches. Okay, so Jesse, what we've been trying to do over the last couple of episodes is give people the motivation to live out God's love toward other people, but then also give them some practical instruction on how to do that. Mm -hmm. So this episode is focused on prayer because we want to encourage people that prayer is an incredibly important way to live out God's love toward people. Mm-hmm. Um, before we delve into some of the practical aspects of it, I want to l- try to give people a decent foundation about prayer because maybe there's people who are listening to us today and their concept of prayer is not matching up with what the Scripture teaches about prayer. So you, could you start off with that, some of the things that Scripture teaches us about prayer versus maybe just like your popular concept of prayer in the church? Okay, well, first, I'm not sure how much I could speak to what's being taught out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just several years ago, I kind of shut down <laughs> with what I was hearing, mm-hmm. uh, things I was reading, mm-hmm. and just went back to, I, I call them the dead people that um, spoke powerfully sure. on prayer and their writings, and I just was getting so much more from that okay. than I was from the pop teaching. Uh-huh. Um, but I do know enough to know there's just some wrong ideas and biblical ideas about prayer. 
the most dangerous, the worst, though, that I see going on out there is the idea that prayer is an optional thing for the Christian. Mm, okay. That it's, you know, in times of need, you, sure. you cry out for his help or a big decision in life rather than it defining our Christian life. And and I think this is so dangerous if we took some of the scriptures like Matthew 7, 21. Mm-hmm. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, want to the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of my father. Mm-hmm. How are we going to know the will of the father unless we have a daily relationship with mm-hmm. him? If we're not in the word, of mm-hmm. course, um, but also in prayer, that constant communication with him, how will we know what his will is? Mm-hmm. We're, you know, it's just going to be a hit or miss in, sure. in decision making and so forth. Well, We'll do the pros and cons list or okay. whatever, rather okay. than, um, you know, we know where the source of direction is if we have that daily prayer life. So, yeah, and if the only people who go to heaven are those who know the will of God, then I think we can conclude prayer is should never be an optional or secondary thing. Mm-hmm. It should be primary to our life, a, a very um, huge uh, motivation to pray, but also if we're in this love relationship with him, we should want to be with him. Mm-hmm. And so I think to answer the first part of your question, that that to me is the worst thing right now being conveyed out there, that it's optional. But scripture wise, uh, I like the section in scripture that really begins at the end of Luke 10, goes into Luke 11. Mm-hmm. So it starts with Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus mm. It goes from there into the disciples asking Jesus, teach us to pray, which of course is Lord's Prayer. goes from there into the parable of the friend that comes at midnight. Right. He has to go to the friend next door, bang on his door, that persistence. Yep. And then from there, ask, seek, knock. Mm -hmm. So I think that whole section there is just so rich Hmm. in giving us an understanding of what a prayer life looks like. But- Certainly in the parable there, we get a glimpse of what serving others in prayer is, because okay. that's like understanding we have nothing to yeah. set before them. Yeah. We we have no bread. We know where to get it. Mm-hmm. So if we truly are loving people, concerned about them, compassionate we're going to go day and night. I mean, it's interesting that it happens in the middle of the night. He uh-huh, has to, sure. you know, it's inconvenient to, mm-hmm. to get out of your bed, to go to the door, but love demands that. And and to knock and knock and knock until you get not just barely what you need, but an abundance mm. that you have something to give. Mm. Otherwise, you have nothing to give to anyone mm-hmm. else. So that doesn't come with a prayer life that's uh, like... Uh, while I pray on my way to work, sure, you know yeah. that is not what that parable is talking about. Yeah, it's persistent, faithful, compassionate mm-hmm. prayer for others, um, seeing their needs as higher than your own, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, going to the source to get what you need to give to them. Yeah, I know that prayer is a topic that's very near and dear to your heart, and I know you've read a lot of writings on it. You already mentioned that you go back to the old dead people to really get the rich food and uh, teaching on prayer. What are some of the things that they've said that have really inspired you? Well, the authors I like are um, have read over the years, there's more than this, but the top ones are Ian Bounds, mm-hmm. Andrew Murray, 
Ari Tori. Hmm. Um, one thing I would suggest for people who are really wanting to understand what intercession looks like scripturally, and it takes that parable from Luke 11 there, is Andrew Murray's uh, his book on um, the ministry of intercession. Mm-hmm. He has a chapter in there called The Model of Intercession. It's the best I have ever read anyone doing that parable. You know, really? I've wow. read it a few different times of people using it, for, but he just, I don't know, he just brings out of the abundance, I guess, from mm-hmm. what he had. And and I also look at the background of these people who are talking about prayer, their history, the life story. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, you look at these men and they were greatly used of God. Mm. So they had something. They knew what prayer was. They knew how to persevere, to pray through until mm-hmm. you get what you have come for. Mm. Yeah, so I like reading them. And then I like reading biographies. Uh, one of the biographies that really have has affected me was... Um, well, there's two of them, but probably the first one um, I'll name would be uh, Reese Howell's intercessor. Mm-hmm. Very challenging, this man, what kind of prayer life he had, and, and then how God used him. Mm-hmm. The breaking that happened in his life, and then, yeah, just it's a great book. He has, there's a chapter in it on intercession. Again, just so rich. You can just pull so much from that. And the other book that has affected me is Praying Hyde, which okay. is yeah okay. about the missionary John Hyde mm-hmm. in India and how prayer changed everything for mm-hmm. him in reaching lost souls in India. Is there a common thread that you would see in each of those men who talked about intercession and having a deep prayer life? Well, I guess you could say all of them understood the deeper life in crucifying self. Mm. It was like all of them, especially as you read their biographies, just they came to the end of themselves. They came into that brokenness, Mm -hmm. poverty of spirit, and they had one focus. You know, they Mm. narrowed their life to one thing, Mm. and that was to seek the Lord and to seek the Lord on behalf of others. Mm. And it just defined their life. They're, they had no, I know that they were still human, but it seems mm-hmm. like they had almost no will of their own anymore. It was living to please Jesus mm. and to be the one to go between uh, this lost sinner mm-hmm. and God and plead for mercy for this sinner. Yeah. And when you're talking about uh, E.M. Bounds. I know a little bit about E.M. Bounds. I know, for instance, that he he said he would set aside the first four hours of every day mm-hmm. for uh, studying the Bible and then intercession. And, you know, that's such a stark contrast, I think, between just your run-of-the-mill Christian today. Mm-hmm. And I wonder... What types of things do you think are contributing to this general apathy about prayer? Where somebody could just say, yeah, it's optional. Whereas a guy like that who prays four hours a day is saying it's vital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a lot of apathy. I'm kind of hesitant to just give this one term for it, but I think it all boils down to one term, self-love. I, I, I mm. think that I love myself more than, I mean, we'll, we will take time out of our, our schedule. We will rearrange our schedule, mm-hmm. whatever, when we are convinced that the need of the, another is greater than our own. So, yeah, we, I mean, we always have to be dealing with that self-love and seeing it when it comes out in that area of prayer that 
well, I don't really want to pray right now. I, I'd rather be on social media. And mm-hmm. and there's souls out there that need your prayers, mm. but you're being selfish by going to something other than something that your flesh wants mm-hmm. rather than what God wants. Mm-hmm. So screens, I think, have been so detrimental just overall. Um, I was thinking about the other day how where are the this next generation of, of prayer warriors? Mm. Where are they going to come from? Because uh, so many have been taken captive by the screens. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm set aside pornography or whatever. I'm just talking about gaming or, yeah, or just or social and, media. Yeah, yeah, everything. It's mm-hmm. like hours are, are being spent on worthless things. Yeah. And if you go to like the history of revival, God always raised up a group of people to pray in that move of God. Mm. And many times, like Welsh Revival, the young people were passionately praying and asking God for an outpouring. And so where are we going to find these young people at now if they're so glued to their screens? Mm -hmm. It's kind of frightening when I think about it because it's we're the salt and the light Mm -hmm. in our generation. Mm -hmm. And if that's completely missing, what happens? to the people of our generation. So if someone was listening today and they say, you know what, she's right. I spend way too much time on my screen and, or I'm just wasting my time and I do want to develop a life of prayer. What would a life of earnest, sincere prayer look like? I mean, you've already talked in some ways about what they should be aiming for. You know, you've talked about these men who would spend hours and hours. That's kind of like the pinnacle. What's the first step? How do they move in that direction? Uh, well, first of all, start at the beginning. Like, you're not going to pray like uh, Finney's intercessors 12 hours a day. You're starting tomorrow. <laughs> you know, right. That, that's not going to happen. So, right. Um, so start with the 15 minutes a day. If you don't have okay. that consistent, if you already have the 15 minutes, then it should be growing now. Okay. Add okay. to it uh, okay. and and try to block out more time during your day, whatever needs to happen so that can grow. But you're starting out from the prayer on the way to work in the car. Okay, so now uh, set the alarm 15 minutes earlier and get up and make it consistent. Uh Uh, Your flesh isn't going to want to do that. Everything inside you is going to fight it. So you have to ask the Lord to help Mm. you, which is kind Mm. of a strange thing. It's like, okay, I don't really love you, Jesus, so can you put that love for yeah. you in my heart so I can love you enough to give you 15 minutes. Yeah. And so, yeah, we start out understanding I have nothing and I okay. have nothing to give. So therefore, you know, that poverty of spirit, I am um, have yeah. to be completely dependent on him. I, I, yeah. I see my neediness. I just need you, Jesus, to help me with this. Yeah. So setting aside that time, Again, first thing in the morning is really the best. Okay. And and then maybe a place, too, because distractions can okay. be an issue. Okay. With, so if you have just a place that you, that's where you're going to meet with God. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. Um, and other things you can incorporate in. Um, I like worshiping um, during my prayer time. One of okay. my prayer times or something during the day, I'll, I'll just worship. It helps me to get into the presence of God, to pray his will, to listen for the Holy Spirit. What is he doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, how is he moving? And uh, so 
anyway, that's something I found that really helps me praying the Psalms. There's yeah. so many things uh, you can do in prayer. Yeah. Uh, asking right from the beginning, uh, Holy Spirit, pray through me. Let, mm-hmm. let me join with Jesus, the mm-hmm. intercessor, Romans 8. Yeah. Um, he is ever interceding. So let me intercede with him, whatever direction he's going, take me with you, Lord. So that intercession um, really needs to be spirit led. And then just, yeah, let it grow. Let that prayer life be something that this is just the, the, the beginning. So that what you're aiming for, I think every Christian should be aiming for is living the prayer life. Mm. That, And what I mean by that, it's not, we don't, it's like we pray as a response or our duty, whatever, but living the prayer life is that defines our life. And we're not satisfied with 15 minutes or uh-huh. a half hour uh-huh. or an hour. But as we get into his presence, as we understand the eternity in our prayers, it should compel us mm-hmm. to live the prayer life. Um, I don't see anything on this earth worth more spending our time on investing in than than prayer. Mm. If it's true what we're taught in Scripture, if we can affect eternity, mm. um, then what a powerful thing, uh, this weapon that God has put in our hands. Mm-hmm. And so shouldn't we, every believer, going, Lord, let me live the prayer life. Mm. Um, help me to want you and to want to change eternity by my prayers. It's it's mm-hmm. one of the few things we can leave on earth. Mm-hmm. Once we're gone, this is it. This yeah. is all we have, uh, what we've done in, in the earth. And so, yeah, let's put our prayers into the soil of this earth that it can outlast us. Yeah. Well, you actually just answered my next question because I was going to ask you um, what might motivate us to spend our time on something that can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, when we come into prayer... I think sometimes what we are really hoping for is we're hoping that I'm going to be blessed mm-hmm. because I pray mm-hmm. rather than thinking in terms of I'm working for the good of another. And if I don't come out feeling particularly blessed, then that's okay mm-hmm. as long as someone else gets what they need because we can just be really selfish even with spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the the question then that I want to ask is – when a person's trying to learn how to start praying, should they worry too much about, am I doing the right thing? Or I don't really know what to do. I feel so awkward in this. Or is it just better to just be there for that 15 minutes and just be consistent? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is so kind. He's so merciful. <laughs> he even takes prayers that are totally bad motives just <laughs> just to get us started you know mm, he's like mm. okay i can work with this you okay, know it's okay. just uh when i was a young christian uh, okay here's my honest confession for the day <laughs> okay <laughs> i prayed about boys you know <laughs> no <laughs> like, way yeah That's you know meet him at okay. church and oh, is that my husband god <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so uh, you know again he's so kind he just uh-huh. took that and said okay i you know i'll make that grow <laughs> and it'll right. be less selfish as time goes on um so, yeah, I, he's not a God with a big stick up mm. there, you know, just pour out your heart, everything mm. that's in you, mm. pour it out to him, be honest, be mm. open. And I don't know of anyone that it, you're really the prayer life doesn't start out like that, very self-focused. Mm. But 
as we're growing nearer to him, just spending time with him, um, self will start to fade mm. and the needs of others will just, I don't know how to explain how it happens or that there has to be mm-hmm. some particular crisis or something that sure. happens. But I just know at this point in my prayer life, I have to really remember to pray for myself and my needs because mm. it's like as soon as I get with him, I am just overwhelmed with the needs of others. And mm. there's so many people and so many needs to pray about and uh, that mm. I, you know, I just kind of end my prayer time. and Oh, yeah. And Lord, um, also, we need whatever this financial mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think this transformation just happens for us. So I wouldn't worry so much about the, you know, just pray, just start somewhere Uh and, and he'll teach. He's very good at teaching to pray. And also, you know, read those books, take some of those books that, that, um, chapter in uh, Andrew Murray's book. I encourage people take that with you into your prayer time Mm -hmm. and just read a section of it, read it to God and then be led in prayer. Uh, for, you know, a particular need you see or something, let that, compassion of Christ, that passion mm-hmm. to seek and save what is lost or mm-hmm. or to help a struggling brother or sister, you know, let him, it, it's really a lot of prayer is just getting out of the way and becoming open and empty, letting him mm-hmm. pray through you. So, but yeah, the feel good thing. Uh, okay. So every day, pretty much <laughs> we, we have to do things we don't feel like doing that doesn't feel good. Yeah. But if we want to eat, if we want shelter, if we want to drive a car, you know, we do those things. Uh-huh. So I don't think it's a valid reason not to pray because it doesn't feel because, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we do things all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to take it a step further, uh, I'm amazed just hearing stories from people who were um, like guys that, that were Marines and the training, mm. the, the mm. what they have to go through. Yeah, what oh, they put themselves through. Yes. Yeah. Why would anyone in their right mind yeah. <laughs> make the sacrifice like that? So we're in the greatest war there has ever been. Mm. Souls of men, women, and children are dependent on our praying through for them. So mm. should we not have that same spirit, but for eternal reasons, mm-hmm. you know, that we are going to give ourselves, sacrifice, count mm-hmm. the cost, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it takes. You know, it's only in this lifetime, mm-hmm. this short lifetime, that we can join with Jesus and mm-hmm. sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings. When this life is over, that's something we won't have in heaven. And I think we'll mourn uh, once we get there and and you know, before that, our tears are wiped away. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that will, wow, what I could have done if mm-hmm. I had only understood how great this God is and the mercy of this Jesus, mm-hmm. I should have given myself to prayer. All the worthless hours I spent on things that were passing away. So, uh, yeah, keep eternity in your heart mm-hmm. and, and remember that in the natural, people are doing things all the time that are hard and don't feel good. Okay. Um, so, and one thing I'll say, I don't know, there just comes this point in prayer where it just isn't hard. I, I don't know if I should say that across the board for everybody, but mm-hmm. um, I enjoy being with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I don't really struggle like, you know, in the beginning 
when I'm just pushing through, pushing through, uh-huh. it's like there, I don't know if it's just the enemy doesn't oppose you so much anymore. Okay. Cause it's like, you know, this is worthless. She's just, she's going to pray or whatever. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, there just is a point where it's just, it's so delightful to be mm. with him. Mm. And it's so wonderful to think I'm taking part in this work that he's doing on the earth. Nothing mm. else like it. Mm. One other pitfall that I think people maybe fall into at times is spending a lot of time trying to get God to do my will. Mm. You know, here are my situation, here are my needs, and here's what I want you to do about it kind of thing. Um, And like you mentioned, that's very understandable at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, At some point, we do have to begin to grow and mature, and then we come to prayer more in terms of, I am a participant in God having his will done on the earth. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, practically speaking, that you do to kind of keep your prayers more in line with, God, I want you to get your will done? Mm-hmm. Well, again, I think over time, our desires change as we're, mm. we're spending more time with him. And John 15 talks about, and I know people like to kind of pull this out of context, you know, if we abide in him mm-hmm. and he and us ask what you desire and it will be done for you. So right. yeah, that's, oh good. I get whatever. I want. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not, read the uh, verses before that, but, um, okay. but really that is true. If we're abiding in him, if daily we're understanding without him, I can do nothing. Uh-huh. And he's the desire of our heart is to serve him, to love him, to please him. Our desires are going to be pleasing to him mm. and, and so, uh, you know, we're not going to, it, it's always good to bring everything before the Lord and say, Lord, what's my motive uh-huh. in, in asking for this? Is there anything? And is it, you know, self-focus, self-love uh-huh. or whatever? Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I think again, we shouldn't be afraid to just bring it to him and, and then he can convict us if it's, okay. if it's wrong motives. Okay. And um, yeah, so it's all part of learning to pray. And then again, the longer you know him, the more I think you'll, you'll know that you're praying yeah. his will. Okay. You'll just, you'll know it. You'll, okay. It'll feel right. It'll line up with the word of God. It, yeah. Okay. So the main takeaway then, as I'm listening to you, is quality time is going to be developed as we spend quantity time. That's really yeah, the that's thing. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah we, we just have to give it the time. We've got to mm-hmm. be devoted enough mm-hmm. in that way. And mm-hmm. that God starts with us where we're at. Don't neglect the 15 minutes because you think, oh, well, I can't do an hour or something right. like mm-hmm. that. Start and be faithful there. And as you're in the presence of God, he's going to begin changing you and making this, I mean, part of your new nature. You'll experience mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us about this. When we're helping our students learn to pray, we give them something called the mercy prayer. It's a short prayer that Rex Andrews developed, and it isn't meant to be a formula. It's just meant to help us pray in line with God's will. We're going to post the whole prayer in the show notes section on our podcast page at purityforlife.com, but let me just read a couple of lines from this prayer. Let's say that I'm praying for my friend Kyle. I would pray this way. Lord, I thank you for Kyle. Thank you for saving him. Thank you for what you have done and are doing in his life. I could also pray this. Make Kyle to know Jesus. Help him to increase in the knowledge of God. 
Destroy every lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God and help Kyle to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Jesus, please mercy Kyle. Flood him with need-filling mercies. Pour them out in super abundance. Find and meet every need in his life as you see it, Lord. Two of our biblical counselors joined me in the studio to talk about the benefits of praying this way. So what we're trying to do in this episode is help people to see Mm. that one of the ways that they can allow God's mercy to move through them Mm. is through prayer. Mm -hmm. And so if they see a need, Mm. then they can move to meet it through prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you guys start off by sharing maybe one notable instance where you sensed a burden Mm -hmm. and then felt, you know, this urge to go and meet that need through Mm -hmm. prayer? Yeah. Well, I think to start off, you know, I came to the program in 2017. Uh-huh. And when I came, I had no concept of prayer, no concept of how to pray and intercede for other people. Uh-huh. I came with so much emotion, so much, okay. Lord, help me, help me, help me. So I didn't know how to <laughs> think to pray for other people at all. Sure. No concept of it. Yeah. And I remember a few months into the program, there was a point in time to where (laughs) the Lord really stepped in to my inside life and broke me. (laughs) I don't know really how to explain it. It was just when I was broken, I was able to really um, allow the Lord to let me see with his eyes. Hmm. And Uh when that happened, man, (laughs) I started seeing people's needs more than my own that I needed from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember maybe month four or five in, um, I started seeing and hearing differently. I, I heard people's needs and it was just something in me that I had to go to the Lord because it felt so overwhelming and bring those needs before him. So, yeah, um, yeah but, it, you know, all that kind of hinged off of personal brokenness on the inside. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, Michael? Is there something that you could think of? Well, I can't think of any th- one specific need mm-hmm. at this moment, but I know there's times when I'm at work or just in the office and see one of my brothers struggling with something. I can sure. just tell that something's weighing on them by yeah. their face or mm-hmm. um, just whether they look down or mm-hmm. just weighed down by something. Mm-hmm. And uh, instantly there's that thought to just pray for them, whether it's go to them personally and ask, Hey, can I pray for you? Sure. You look like something's weighing on you Mm -hmm. or to just, you know, go into my office and pray quietly. Um, I know in the past when somebody would text out a prayer request or something like that, you know, I'd be very quick to respond and say, you know, praying. Right. And then realize, you know, maybe a week later, I never actually prayed for Mm -hmm. that need. Okay. Okay. Um, and I remember the Lord began pointing things like that out. And Uh so if somebody texts me, you know, a prayer request or through email or whatever, um, Mm. that right there is a time when the Lord reminds me I can enter into someone's need Mm. and to just, even if it's, you know, a minute in my heart, just turning to the Lord and really taking that need before the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, right here, you've placed a need before me and Mm. I can bring this person to you and really ask you to do something on their behalf sure. and, mm-hmm. and meet this need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so both of you guys are biblical counselors. Mm-hmm. And 
that means that you are also counseling people into this life of mercy mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. prayer. Just practically speaking, about how much time do you recommend that people spend praying for themselves and their own needs versus praying for others? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when uh, when I'm counseling someone and uh, one of the first things we do is talk about their devotional life yeah. and establishing a prayer life, and uh, something I, that always ends up coming up is, you know, as a counselor, I'm wanting to know, you know, what is your prayer life like? Yeah, you know, right. Describe that to me. What does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, they're praying for themselves mm-hmm. and a little bit here and there for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but just simple answer, definitely, um, I would say they should spend the majority of their time praying on others. What mm-hmm. what tends to happen when we focus on ourselves and just constantly bringing our needs before the Lord as we end up building our need into this mountain, our mm, struggles mm, or whatever we're mm, facing. Yeah. And before you know it, it's like the Lord's become this like tiny little speck off in the distance sure. and our need is all that we see. Okay. And it just really, for me, it just turns into a mountain of unbelief. Sure. It maybe okay. starts oh, out yeah. as a cry in faith uh-huh. uh, and desperation, but if I don't really commit that to the Lord and then get my focus onto Him uh-huh. and onto others, it just fuels that unbelief okay. and leads to despair. Okay. Yeah. So I try to, you know, show guys that from testimony, but also this is biblical. We see this throughout Scripture, just constantly mm-hmm. bringing others before the Lord, right? Even you know, ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, and I tell a lot of my students. I preface it with Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it said a lot of times, you know, 95% of doing mercy is mm-hmm. through prayer. Mm. And, you know, I've seen it in my own life that for me, I'm, I can be an emotional person. And a lot of times when I'm praying just off of what's off the top of my head, it tends to be more self-focused rather than bringing real needs to the Lord. Um, Okay. And so when I tell students, hey, like 95% of your prayer time should be for other people. Uh Your 5% should be on you. And even in them listening to that, their response is always puzzling, you know, because they're like, what do you mean? Like, I have needs. Like, Mm -hmm. I Uh need to, you know, um, have these needs before the Lord to be answered. And it goes against them. But, you know, that's what mercy is, you know, like when you're at the end of yourself and you have to, you know, um, by faith, just say, okay, Lord, I'm I'm going to trust that you've got me and you've got my needs. You know what I need more than I do. So I'm going to allow this time, like you're saying, like mm-hmm. allow this time mm-hmm. to be for other people. Mm-hmm. Man, I've experienced it to where I start with prayer and I don't know what to say to the Lord. I'll mm-hmm. just, you know, Lord, mm-hmm. good morning. Okay, you know, okay, like okay. I, okay. And, but when I start to intercede, man, it just flows. And mm-hmm. I know that it's the flow of mercy that's, I don't know, filling other people and myself too. Real quick, is there anything that you guys practically do to help keep people's needs before you? Because you were saying, if I just pray off the top of my head, it's kind of emotional and I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like, 
rambling maybe? Do you write down needs and then track them or what do you do? That's a good question. So for me, because I tend to be more emotional, I have to write down my prayer requests. Okay. Um, I have to write out. I used to do like a daily schedule Monday through Friday, you know, this person, this person, this person. Um, because it was a lot of rambling. It was uh-huh. a lot of pulling out stuff and <laughs> yeah, shotgun yeah, yeah. prayers. <laughs> right. um, but I've seen that when I have a plan, you know, submitting your plan before the Lord and, you know, he's establishing them. Uh-huh. I've seen that when I write those requests down, it keeps me so focused. Right. Because for me and my personality, if I don't, it still tends to be that like, okay, I'm going to pray for this and this and this, and I lose focus. Okay. Okay. What do you do, Michael? So, well, I haven't been doing it as much recently, but what I've done in the past to help kind of break me out of that, just constantly praying for myself Uh is I came up with this schedule, um, basically for every day of the week. Right. And each day was just a different kind of category of people or needs to okay. pray for. So, okay. Not necessarily uh, specific people, but sometimes mm. specific people, uh-huh. um, especially if I was aware of a particular need, whether right. it was a family need or something, mm. but just even I could find myself constantly praying for the same family members every day sure. and every day. And yep. uh, then that can be very discouraging because yeah. you're doing that every day and you're not really seeing anything happen or mm-hmm. you, you, maybe it's a family member you're not in communication with anymore. And so yeah, you have you no, have idea, no idea, idea what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so to even take it further and just keep it fresh um, and just to think of it in terms of, okay, you have, you know, a small kind of circle around myself is just me, then my family members, immediate mm-hmm. family, and then kind of, you know, friends. But even beyond that mm-hmm. um, to where one day praying for Israel mm-hmm. uh, in the okay. church, okay. Uh, one day praying for, you know, pastors and yeah. leaders, people yeah. in positions of authority. And mm-hmm. that was so refreshing because it just got me out of my small yeah. kind of little sure. bubble okay. um, and just realizing too that, wow, Lord, there's scriptures that command us to pray for those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. I'm so, you know, consumed and so narrow in my view that right. just right. naturally, you know, I'm just going to pray for myself and just the people that mm-hmm. I yeah. see every day, yeah, which is sure. important. Yeah. But that was extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and just doing that for a long season to kind of break me out of me first yeah, really helped. Okay. One thing that we say here quite a bit is pray for floods of mercy Mm. for a person. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you guys, floods of mercy? Well, (laughs) I'll just say for me personally, it's, you know, at first it kind of, you know, we're taught to pray that way and it kind of just felt like me just Mm. kind of parroting something. Yeah, somebody else's prayer. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, And I didn't really understand, and just by nature, I, I take something like that and go, okay, if I pray this way, it's going to work. Yeah, it, right. It's like a formula. Exactly. Right. But yeah. realizing that it's really the essence of how I'm praying, the spirit that I'm praying in, mm. understanding who God is and what his His nature uh-huh. is like yeah. and what his will is, Yeah, and that really made this mm. become more real that we're asking God to abundantly meet someone's mm, need. Okay. So it's not just like praying for someone to be delivered from a particular sin, but it's like, mm-hmm. Lord, give them a new life. Okay. Or yeah. not just praying for someone to get a better job, but Lord, make this person fruitful wherever 
Okay. You know, lead okay. them to where they're going to be effective for your kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a parent, you know, not just praying that my kids uh, will stay out of trouble and get mm-hmm. a good education, but Lord, save my kids and use them for your kingdom. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I think when we're saying pray for for floods of mercy, we're not just you know, it. <laughs> we're not just asking God to come and meet one little, right. you know, yeah. need or thing yeah. that we see in someone's life, but God, you can do exceedingly and abundantly what right. I can ask or think right. for this person. And you also tell me that you desire to. And Luke yeah. twelve thirty two, Jesus said, "Do not fear, little flock, for it's your mm. Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." Right. Mm. And I'm like, that's way beyond mm-hmm. what I would think <laughs> yeah. to ask God for. Yeah. I'm like. Well, maybe God wants to save yeah. this person. Uh-huh. And Jesus is saying, it's my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that. Just thinking about that, you know, a lot of at least the students that come to Pure Life have an issue with big problem, small God. Um, and okay. so okay. when I came to the program, when I heard that floods of mercy, it came at my unbelief. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because when I heard that, it was like, he can. He doesn't just give me enough to meet the need. He gives me over okay. in a bunch, like overwhelmingly more. Sure. And so when I think of that word flood, it's like when the Lord's mercy comes in over and abundant, nothing's going to stop that mercy. Mm. Like nothing's mm. going to come against mm-hmm. what he has for that person, you know, when you're praying in that way. And so to me, it's like, man, that's wow. Praying the will of God for somebody is that you're praying that he himself bringing everything that he has for that person his will i don't i'm not explaining it well but it's like you know seeing that as a flood i mean it's overtaking them it's going to overwhelm them it's going to totally cleanse it's going to totally do what it's accomplished you know what what it's set out to accomplish yeah, yeah. and nobody or, and nothing can stop that um one other thing that we've been taught to pray Mm -hmm. is that God would meet people's needs as he sees them. Mm -hmm. How does that help you guys to pray? Oh, for me, it totally gets me out of the picture. I mean, when I'm (laughs) praying and uh, especially it hits home when it comes to family members because you can want to pray your own will for your family member. Right. And like you were saying earlier, be discouraged that it's not happening. Okay. But when you start to pray mercy, praying the will of God for somebody's Uh life, it totally gets the emotions out of it, Mm -hmm. the selfish gain, the selfish ambition, um, the self-centeredness out of it. And you're saying, in essence, you know, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. Well, it's kind of takes me back. I referenced it a little bit earlier, but that verse where Jesus said, you know, our our Father, our Heavenly Father knows what we need before we ask Him. Mm. And that is so freeing mm. and like just so helpful for me personally, but also when I'm praying for someone else because I don't know what someone else needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, I kind of do, but to say, okay, I know exactly what this person needs, I don't. Yeah, um, right. But mm-hmm. God's Word tells me what people need. And Mm. that's just something else that helps me with this particular thing is spending time in God's word. The more I I spend time in it Mm -hmm. and get to know what God's desire is Uh and what his heart is, that helps me know how to you know, better pray yeah. mm-hmm. what God sees their need yeah, is yeah. versus, you know, I could see them, oh Lord, you know, please uh 
you know, help them to find a better job or whatever, mm-hmm. just very surfacey temporal needs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the Lord's seeing what's going on in their soul, what's going on in their yeah, spirit, right, what right, they need right. for to have more of him mm-hmm. in their yeah. life. Yeah. What would you what would you say to somebody who's, you know, like if there was somebody sitting, you know, right in front of you and they're mm. saying, I just Yes, I want to do this, mm. and I'm trying. It's just hard, and mm. just ah, what do I do? You know, what's one piece of advice you would give somebody? Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, right, sure. Right. yeah, that's a good question. Well, it is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, prayer yeah. is hard. Yeah, and I know for me, my own self-centeredness mm-hmm. and self-righteousness makes it extremely difficult mm. to pray for other people, and mm. also to pray for floods of mercy for someone else sure. because yeah. I tend to be very, well, yeah, naturally I'm, I'm very stingy. Yeah. yeah. It's like they don't deserve it. Very selfish. <laughs> and so <laughs> one, <laughs> it's very difficult for me to see the Lord as completely other than uh-huh. uh, he's not stingy. Right. He is an abundant God. He's a more yeah. than God. He loves to give. Yeah. He gave us his son. Right. And so, yeah, the more I know who God is and the yeah. more I know his character, mm-hmm. it helps me yeah. pray this way. And the more I pray this way, the more it helps me pray this way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, it's, it's just... In the natural, you know, we know we don't deserve God's mercy mm-hmm. and neither do they. Uh-huh. So that becomes uh, a hindrance. So it takes humility and it takes faith right. mm-hmm. to to say, God, this is who you say you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the way you've shown yourself to be to me. Mm-hmm. You've been abundant in your mercy towards me. Mm-hmm. And so now... I'm going to freely give that mercy out to others. And the more you mm-hmm. pray for others, the easier it gets. Okay. The less you pray for others, yeah. the harder it yeah. gets. Yeah. 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 You can find yourself stuck, you know, stuck on self when you aren't praying into the need for other people. And mm-hmm. if the enemy, I think, to praying mercy is losing a sight of God's mercy for your own life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> it's like when God refreshes that for you, man, it's like that flood cleanses you, you know, mm, and is mm, a, yep. an open door to do the same thing for somebody else. Um, so I feel like practically, you know, making that list like I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier, just mm-hmm. a few things asking the Lord like, you know, OK, what's on your heart to pray for through mm-hmm. me? Mm. Um, and it might be like you're saying the persecuted church or China or, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things that are going on now, writing some of those things down. And I know what helps me is literally writing out my prayers to the Lord. Um, so if someone is stuck, I would say, you know, make four or five things, um, 15, 20 minutes or so to start off with really. And just, you know, on each category, four or five minutes writing and, you know, taking that into words throughout the day. I mean, it's like you were saying a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's really for me how to get unstuck, you know, when I okay. find myself in that way. Something else I'll just share, um, even making a, a gratitude list, Yeah, you know, starting off your prayer time, just thanking the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, when we begin to thank the Lord, we begin to see, you know, his mercy in our mm-hmm. lives, all that he's done for us, which yeah. shouldn't just kind of pave the way to, you know what, Lord, you've been mm-hmm. so good to me. Now I want to, yeah. you know, yeah. meet others' needs yeah. and give that. And I want to see you come to other people mm-hmm. and do for them what you've done for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, those practical, mm-hmm. simple things like that just mm-hmm. go a long way. Yeah. 
this is all really helpful because mm-hmm. I hope what people can take away from this is that we all were at one time mm-hmm. in the listener's shoes, you know, mm-hmm. like we were all in that mm-hmm. place where everything was about us. Yeah. We didn't care at all about other yeah. people. Yeah. And God convicted us and broke us. And now we're in the process of learning how to make our lives mm. center around God's kingdom instead of our own lives. Yeah. So we're yeah. totally still in the yeah. in yeah. the fight here because yeah, it is sure. a fight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. In the book of Revelation, Jesus told us that we overcome by his blood, by not loving our own lives, and by the word of our testimony. Dennis recently graduated from Pure Life, and the Lord met him here and did a deep work, saving him and sanctifying him. The Lord really did bring him into an overcoming life, and the good news is that the same Jesus who did those things for Dennis can do them for you. As you listen, know that God is also reaching out to you, wanting you to know his goodness and to walk in his salvation. In the Bible, names had special meanings. My name has a special meaning if you spell it backwards. Sinned. A good description of my life before PLM could be summed up as Dennis sinned. And just as Jesus wept over the physical death of his friend Lazarus, Jesus wept over my choice of death over life most days of my life before PLM. He wept for every person Dennis hurt. He wept for every person who shed tears praying for Dennis's salvation. I caused a lot of people to cry, and my sexual sins were only a part of it. I hurt people by making fun of them. I hurt people by acting morally superior to them. I hurt people by taking glory for myself that belonged to God. Yes, it was my sexual sin that brought me to PLM, but it was the deeper sins of rebellion, selfishness, and worshiping myself instead of God that was God's greater concern when I came. So God began to break me down. He began to show me what it meant to weep as others had over my sin. He used some painful revelations to reveal my true heart. One revelation was that when God said to acknowledge him in all my ways, he wasn't just talking about running future plans and decisions past him. He was also talking about admitting my sin, getting it out in the open so he could deal with it. A second revelation was given me with the first talk fast. I had gone to work before the talk fast was posted. I had a horrible day and desperately needed someone to help me wallow in self-pity. Alas, upon returning from work, a talk fast had been posted. So I had no one to listen to my terrible woes. After suffering for a couple of hours, a quiet voice spoke into my head and heart. Now you know how Naomi feels. How many times had I come home after talking to my coworkers all day at work and Naomi would want to talk to me, but I would say I'm too tired. I need to relax and recover from my hard day at work. Treating her like raising three girls took no effort at all. God showed me my lack of mercy 
and Naomi's unending mercy. While everyone in the church thought I was the gifted, spiritually mature Christian, it was my wife who was the faithful one, putting others' needs before her own. She was the one who displayed the true servant's heart. As I continued through the program, I came to realize I didn't love people. I didn't know how to pray mercy for them, and I didn't know how to persevere in prayer. By having clashes with other students, God taught me praying mercy for others was more about changing my heart than changing theirs. At work, he showed me I didn't have to defend myself or make excuses for my mistakes. I only needed to take responsibility for my part and let him defend me if I was being treated unfairly. My name is no longer Dennis Sinned in God's eyes. He now sees me as Dennis Surrendered. And he can finally allow his mercy to flow steadily into my life and then out of my life to others. I no longer want glory for myself, but instead agree with the words of the hymn that says, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Thank you, Jesus. You are my first love. Whether you've been a Christian for 30 years or you got saved yesterday, you certainly know that there's always room for growth in a prayer life. Let me conclude this show by pointing you to Jesus. Jesus was a man of prayer. He started his ministry in prayer. He prayed before making big decisions. We see him rejoicing in prayer, weeping in prayer, even gaining strength to go to the cross in prayer. He lived a life of prayer. And like Jesse said, he's praying even now, interceding at the right hand of God for us. So may God give you a sight of Jesus this week so that you may become more intimate with him and that like him, your life would become a living sacrifice of intercession for those that God loves. That's it for this week. Next week, it's our final episode in this series. We're going to look at the fruits that we can expect when we begin to live in victory. Thanks for joining us on Purity for Life. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.